We turn in God's holy and infallible word to Psalm 51. We looked at this psalm two weeks ago, the first four verses, and now we consider the second part of the psalm. I said in the bulletin that the text is verses 5 through 12, but we're really going to concentrate on verse 7 as it captures uh, the main idea in these verses. Psalm 51 To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth. In the inward parts, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. So far we read God's holy word. Verse 7 is really the text, so I reread verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, as I said two weeks ago, we had a sermon on the first four verses of this psalm. And in that sermon, we looked at David's confession of sin. 
And we looked at a few characteristics of true repentance. We saw that repentance is a basic element of true Christianity. And we saw that only in the way of repentance, only in the way of being convicted of sin and confessing sin, can we enjoy a right relationship with God. And we also saw that one of the chief characteristics of repentance is the deep sorrow that we have sinned against God. God, who is good, as we sang just a few moments ago, we've sinned against His grace. God, whose commandments are good, who's been so good to us through Jesus Christ, He's made us His children, and we transgress, we rebel against Him. We, we shake the fist at Him. We spit in His face, and we worship ourselves. We saw that's what David did, and that's what our sin is. And then looking at all of this, we saw that we have no excuse. We have no argument to defend ourselves, but we simply humble ourselves before God, confess our sins and who we are as sinners, and we plead God's mercy. Well, this morning, as we prepare for coming to the Lord's Supper, we continue along this same train of thought as we move on in the psalm, and we look now at David's prayer for cleansing. We saw his confession of sin, now we look at his prayer for cleansing. And we look at David's prayer for cleansing this morning, recognizing that this is also what we are doing as we look ahead to the Lord's Supper. We want to be cleansed. Yes, we believe that Jesus has died for all our sins, but we want to know it more confidently. We want to be reassured our faith needs strengthening. And God himself as our Father wants us to be assured more and more. So he gives us the Lord's Supper to strengthen our faith and communicate this truth more clearly or more fully. So this morning, we with David looked at God for cleansing. We desire to be washed clean. We've had a week of self-examination. We've considered the sins that we've committed. We've considered those besetting sins of our sinful nature that cleave to us. And we considered how we do not always live in thankfulness as we ought. We do not serve God with that zeal as we are bound. And we repent. And we're sorry for our sins. We hate our sins. We forsake our sins. And we are resolved to put away our sins more and more. And we want to hear God speak to us that word of forgiveness. We want God to wash us clean. And we want to be clean not just from the guilt of sin, but also from the filth and the pollution and corruption of sin. And that's what we look at briefly this morning. We take as our theme David's prayer for cleansing. We look at three things. First, we look at the fervent prayer itself. Second, we look at the striking confidence David has as he makes this prayer. And then third, we look at the blessed comfort. In verse 7, which we're focusing on this morning, we read, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. David prays here to be purged with hyssop and to be washed. Now, what does that mean, to be purged with hyssop? Children, maybe this is something that your parents can ask you when you get home from church this morning, having lunch. What is hyssop? Well, hyssop is a kind of tree, a small tree. We might call it a shrub or a brush or, or a bush. 
It's a small tree that was very common in the land of Israel. It was found in the desert, in the wilderness, and it, it grew between the stones of the wall. That's what Solomon says. He, he talks about the cedars of Lebanon and even the hyssop that grows in the cracks of the walls. It was a tree that had very tightly grouped branches, tight clusters of branches, and you could use those branches even to paint with and to sprinkle with. And that's how hyssop was used in the days of the Old Testament. There are a few references in the Old Testament to the hyssop tree. In Exodus chapter 12, God gives Moses instructions for keeping the Passover feast. This is when Israel is still in Egypt and God is about to deliver his people from Egyptian bondage. And God tells Moses, take a lamb without blemish, a male of the first year, kill it, and take the blood and paint the blood on the doorposts of your houses. And we read in Exodus 12, verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover, and ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, in the bowl, and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. So hyssop was the instrument by which the atoning blood of the Passover lamb was sprinkled on the doorposts. And remember that when the angel saw the blood of that lamb, the angel, the destroyer, would pass over the house and not slay the firstborn of that family. Well, 12 chapters later, in Exodus 24, Moses is with Israel out of Egypt at the foot of Mount Sinai in the desert. And you have that ceremony where Moses sprinkles the whole congregation with blood. And the people are devoted to God. They enter into the covenant in a, in a special way, a particular way, at the foot of Mount Sinai. And what's interesting is that although you don't read of this in the book of Exodus... You do read of it in the book of Hebrews that Moses uses a hyssop branch with which to sprinkle the people. In Hebrews 9, verses 19 and 20, we read, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of goats and of calves with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the testament, the covenant which God hath enjoined unto you. And what Moses was teaching the people, and what God was teaching the people, is that God establishes his covenant with his people, and he takes them into his fellowship only on the basis of the blood. The sacrificed blood that was applied to the people sprinkled upon them with a hyssop branch. So again, hyssop here is the instrument by which the atoning blood of the Lamb was sprinkled on the people. And through this application of blood, the people were brought into fellowship and friendship with God, their sins were covered, they were reconciled unto God. For just one more passage, in Leviticus 14, you have the passage where you have the ceremony for how to receive cleansed lepers back into the congregation. And think of what leprosy is. Leprosy is a picture of the defilement of sin, right? If a person was a leper, they were unclean. Not only were they like a walking dead person, but they were unclean. They were cut off from fellowship with others, and in a real way, cut off from fellowship with God. You can't be in the place of worship 
with God's people. You're unclean. In Leviticus 14, when a man was healed with leprosy, or from leprosy, as part of the ceremonial cleansing for receiving that man back into the fellowship, the priest would take a hyssop branch, he would dip it in blood, the blood of a bird, and he would sprinkle the man with that blood. And that signified that the man was ceremonially clean. And again, you have the same thing. Hyssop is the instrument by which the atoning blood was sprinkled on the unclean person. And all of this is to say that here in Psalm 51, when David uses this language, this is what he has in mind. When he writes, purge me with hyssop, David is making reference to the instrument by which a leper was ceremonially cleansed. And he's referring to the instrument by which the blood of the lamb was applied to a sinner. And so when David writes, purge me with hyssop, David is expressing his desire to be cleansed of his sin. And he knows that it's only by the application of the blood of the lamb that he can be cleansed from his sin. And so simply put, what David is making reference here to is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the Passover lamb. Jesus is the one who cleanses us from our sin. Jesus is the one who makes us not just ceremonially clean, but spiritually, inwardly clean. And the word purge, purge me with hyssop, the word purge means to purify or to make clean. David is saying, clean me, O Lord, with the sprinkled blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, my sin has made me unclean. My sin has done to me what leprosy does to an Israelite. By my sin, I have been cut off from enjoying fellowship with thee and enjoying fellowship with thy people, right? Psalm 32, my bones are waxing old. Psalm 51, you've broken my bones. I feel far away from thee. Cut me not off from thy presence. And he says, purify me, Lord. Purify me by the means which thou hast provided. Well, beloved, isn't that exactly what we are doing this morning as we come to the Lord's Supper? No longer do we in the New Testament use a hyssop branch. We don't have a hyssop branch up here and a a bowl filled with blood. That was the Old Testament. But today in the New Testament, God has given us the Lord's Supper as a sign and seal of, of the same thing. This is what's going on. Lord, thou hast set aside the Lord's Supper as a means of grace. Thou hast set aside the Lord's Supper as a sacrament to further communicate to us that our sins are washed away in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven and we are made clean. And Lord, we confess this morning, we have sinned. Our sins rise up against us. We have made ourselves to be lepers, unclean, defiled with sin, deserving of thy wrath. We deserve to be visited by the destroyer, the angel of death, should visit our homes and slay us. As we have examined ourselves this past week, perhaps we said it quite literally, against thee, thee only have I sinned. I've sinned against thy grace and committed this evil in thy sight. Lord, I am sorry for my sin. And so, Lord, sprinkle me with the blood of the Lamb. Wash me, wash us with the blood of Jesus Christ. And through the Lord's Supper, communicate to us again. Communicate to us afresh that our sins are blotted out for the sake of Jesus Christ. He is our substitute. He is the one whose blood was shed in our place. He is the one who took our sins upon himself, who bore the punishment for all those sins as our head, as the Passover lamb. 
His body was broken. His blood was shed because of our sins. And now, Lord, apply unto us that shed blood of Jesus Christ. Purge us. Speak to us. Signify to us and seal to us through the Lord's Supper that our sins are washed away. That they are forgiven and they are no longer held against us. That we might know as participants of the Lord's Supper that just as much as we eat this bread and we drink this wine with our mouth, so just the same we are partakers of Jesus Christ, body and blood, spiritually, by faith. So that that is ours spiritually, given to us. Wash us clean, that we might enjoy fellowship with thee in Jesus Christ. Beloved, is that your prayer after a week of self-examination? That was David's fervent prayer. And now with that prayer also comes a striking confidence that David expresses in the passage. Notice how he puts it in verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. That's a striking confidence that David has. I shall be clean. Remember, David has committed terrible sin. Shameful sin. He's committed adultery. He's the king of the nation. He's committed adultery. He's murdered one of his own soldiers. He's abused his holy office. He's walked in hypocrisy and impenitence for months. And yet David has the confidence that if God washes washes him clean, he will be clean indeed. David says, I am like the leper. At one time unclean with a death sentence upon me, filthy, defiled with sin. But the Lord can heal. The Lord can make me thoroughly clean so that I am unclean no longer. That's the confidence we as God's people also have. 1 John 1 verse 9 puts it this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. 1 John 1 verse 7, we read this. 1 John 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we walk in the light, if we are honest with ourselves, if we are honest with each other, if we are honest with our sins and confess our sins instead of hiding them, instead of covering them, if we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sin. All sin. Not, not most sin. Not, not most of your sin except for those very bad sins. No, if we walk in the light, then we enjoy fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus Christ washes us from all our sins. That's the confidence David has as he is walking in the light now with his God after spending months walking in darkness. Purge me with this up, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. David says, wash me. And that word wash is a peculiar word because it's a word closely connected with what would happen to a leper when he was ceremonially cleansed. He's got this idea in his mind when he writes this. Not only would the blood be sprinkled on him with a hyssop branch, but all his clothes would have to be washed as well. 
ceremonially washed, a thorough washing of his clothes. And that's the word David uses here too. Lord, wash me. Wash my garments that I have spotted. And when you bring me through the whole process of cleansing, then I will be cleansed indeed. And if we look at the surrounding verses, around verse 7, we notice that, G- that David is not just making reference here to the washing away of the guilt of his sin, but he's referring also to the washing away of the filth of his sin, that the stink of his sin. David is saying, don't just take away the guilt of my sins so that I can avoid punishment. No, David is saying, cleanse me also from sin's influence and power and stink so that I'm separated from it. David says, I don't just want to be forgiven. I don't just want to be justified. I want to be sanctified. I want to be made holy. I don't want to just escape punishment, although being not having that joy of salvation is, is so dreadful. But I want to live a holy life. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and, re- and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. That is, sustain me with a willing heart so that I have a heart and a spirit that continues to be willing to serve thee. Sustain that in me with thy spirit that makes me willing. We could put it that way. And David knows that God is able to do it through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And then notice also this about the text and the confidence that David has. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And that's striking too. Children, is there anything whiter than snow? What is whiter than snow? Because, right, it's either white or it's off-white. It can't be whiter than white, can it? And snow is, we might say, the whitest of all. God has given that as a picture of, of something pure. And there's, there's something very special and unique about the whiteness of a freshly fallen snow, isn't there? And when the sun shines up on it, it, it's even blinding. But David says here, I shall be whiter than snow. And what we can say is this. There is a whiteness that goes even beyond the realm of nature. And that whiteness, of course, is the whiteness, the purity of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about white robes of righteousness. And those white robes are whiter than snow because, first of all, this is a a spiritual purity that we're talking about. This is not just a color, but a spiritual purity. And also, it's whiter than snow because... Snow is imperfect. Snow also can quickly become dirty and soiled. So easily gets dirty. But the righteousness of Jesus Christ can never be made dirty or spoiled. It's a righteousness whose glory and brightness will never dim or fade away. And that's the righteousness that is given to us. An imputed righteousness so that our sins are forgiven. It's as if we've kept all God's laws perfectly. An imputed righteousness that is applied to our legal account, and also an infused righteousness, a righteousness that more and more characterizes how we live, so that we do live according to God's commandments more and more. And one day we will be glorified and dwell in perfect righteousness with Jesus our Lord. 
And David knows that in the blood of Jesus Christ, in the shed blood of the Lamb, he will be made whiter than snow, and God's smile will rest upon him. And that's the blessed comfort David enjoyed in his life, even as he was brought to honestly see and confess his sin. And that's the blessed comfort we enjoy at the Lord's Supper, too. There is a remedy for sin, beloved. There is one who can cleanse. God, the maker, the creator of heaven and earth, has provided the remedy, the cleansing, through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, the Lord Jesus himself calls us to come to his table to fellowship and dine with him. This morning, the Lord Jesus witnesses to us at his table that he has shed his blood and he has broken his body that our sins might be washed clean and our iniquities forgiven. He alone is our refuge, but he is a sure and perfect refuge indeed. Don't cover up your sins. Don't continue in sin. Don't give excuses. Be honest. Walk in the light. Come to Jesus as David came and seek the cleansing that he provides. He is the one who delights to show mercy. He is the one who is full of loving kindness. He answers this petition. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. May we experience that and know that at the Lord's Supper this morning. Amen.